welcome to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. We will explore God's Word to learn how we can live by God's grace and for His glory. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Here's your host, Noah Hooper. The message of Christmas is undeniably tethered to hope, joy, and peace. It is hope for the despairing, joy for the sorrowing, and peace for the worrying. This message produces these results because we need a message of hope, joy, and peace. The message of Christmas is clearly found in Luke 2.11. On that night Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds, and they said this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This message thundered through the Judean night as the angels announced to the shepherds that the Savior was born. The glorious message of Christmas is fundamentally that a Savior has come to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. However, the fact that a Savior was born necessitates that a Savior is needed. The secure don't need deliverance. The joyous don't need hope. The righteous don't need a Savior. For a Savior to come means that a Savior was needed. To understand this need, we must travel back further in time than Bethlehem. We must journey down the narrative of time past the hills of Judea, past the announcement of his birth to Mary and Joseph, and even past the many messianic proclamations of Isaiah, Micah, and others. We must go back to the Garden of Eden. Therein was the first message of Christmas proclaimed. According to 1 Peter 1.20, we know that the redemptive work of Jesus was planned before the world began. However, the first announcement of this message is to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The first message that a Savior was coming, which is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that a Savior has come. And the first time that this message was proclaimed to man is in the garden. It infiltrated the day that everything was lost for mankind. Adam and Eve lived in innocence, without sin, without the curse, and without any separation from God, but it would not remain that way forever. Into that state, sin came. You likely know the story, but let's read the account before we get to Genesis 3.15 to remind ourselves of what happened. In Genesis 3, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, 
and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Herein you find the account of what happened in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent comes to Eve and he tempts her and he tempts her by causing her to doubt the word of God. And he says, Does good did God really say that? And you know that Adam and Eve, they took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God had given them that one commandment and they broke it. And this is what happened after that in verses 9 through 13. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The Lord probes Adam and Eve about what had happened, though he already, of course, knew what occurred. He asked them, he says, where are you? And how do you know that you're clothed? They didn't even realize of that because they were in that state of innocence. But now they are no longer in that condition. But sin has come in. And now in verses 14 through 19 of Genesis 3, we see the judgment, the result of their sin. We see what will occur because they broke God's commandment, because they did not make the right choice. In verses 14 through 19, the Bible says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. The glory of life before sin is lost. Man would experience now pain in his work. The woman would experience agony in childbirth. Sorrow, pain, and despair entered into the world. However, even in judgment, God pronounced a glorious message of redemption and salvation in verse 15. He said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. He was speaking to the serpent and prophesying and proclaiming about what Jesus would do in relationship to the devil by crushing his head, though he may bruise the heel of Christ. And in this passage, we have the what is called the Proto-Evangelium. 
It is the first time in God's Word that the message of Christ coming to the world is proclaimed. Hence why this episode is called the first Christmas message. It is akin to Gabriel's proclamation to Mary and the angel's declaration to the shepherds. Just as light pierced the darkness of that first Christmas, so the light pierces the darkness of this judgment and sin in the garden that a Savior would come. Amid sin, God brings a message of salvation. And this is the glorious beauty that is delivered in this passage of Scripture. Adam was given a choice between life and death, but he chose death. Eve was deceived by the serpent, but Adam willingly ate of the tree, thus becoming the federal head whereby all men are born in sin and separated from God. He faced the test and failed. But Genesis 3.15 points us to one who faced the test and conquered the Lord Jesus Christ. God declared his judgment upon Adam and even the serpent because of what happened in the garden on that fateful day. Sin came into the world and thus made it impossible for man in and of himself to be made righteous. There was no hope. There was no life. There was no peace. However, amid all of this, God brings the message that a Savior is coming into the world. Man failed, but God said, I will redeem you, and I will redeem you through Christ. The first message of Christmas is about saving, redeeming, and the reconciling work of the Lord Jesus. Everything that Adam failed to do and we failed to do, he did not fail to do. He is the true and better Adam. He was given the opportunity and he did not fail. He did not mess up. He did not sin as Adam did. He is the second Adam who instead of bringing death into the world, as Romans 5 teaches us about the first Adam, he brought life and righteousness into the world. Now, I know we're not diving into this passage as we normally would, but the truth that I want to draw out from this passage about this, the first time that God tells those entrapped by sin that a Savior was coming is this. The message is not proclaimed after Adam and Eve clean themselves up and dust themselves off. No, it is proclaimed right after they have made a mess out of everything. This message of a Savior coming is not given to those righteous, those good, those glorious, those that have it all together. It is given to those who have messed everything up because that is really what happened in the garden on this day on this day adam and eve that it seemed everything was lost because of sin and in the midst of that god brings a message that says to them there is one coming that will crush the head of the serpent there will be a struggle but he will conquer he will reign triumphant he will declare from the cross it is finished though you failed. Though you are not enough, he will be enough. God brings the message that there would be one who would right every wrong and redeem from sin. Isn't that glorious? God doesn't bring the message to someone that has it all together, but the message comes to someone who literally just messed everything up. 
And my friend, that is still true today. As we will look at this reality of the Christmas message over the next few weeks, I want to begin by reminding you that the, the message of Christmas does not come to the faithful, but the unfaithful. He does not come to the good, but to the bad. He does not come to the righteous, but to the unrighteous, because it is those who are broken, who are captive, who are weary, that need the message that a Savior has come, because they know that they cannot save themselves. You see, the message of Christmas, it doesn't come to the righteous. It comes to those who are completely incapable of changing their condition. And this is the message that you and I still need today. And this message is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. He does not require you to have it all together. He does not ask you to figure it all out. But in the midst of of your wretchedness and sinfulness and depravity, he says, I know that you are not enough, but I am. And into our sin and into our condition, the message of Christmas and of Christ comes. We do not have to have it all together because Jesus does. This is the first Christmas message. It doesn't come in the good times. It comes right after everything is messed up because God wants us to see this reality from this passage, and that is He enters into the mess. He enters into the problem, and He redeems and He saves because we cannot do it in ourselves, but He takes the initiative, and He says, I will redeem. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review. And I hope that you will join me next week as we continue studying God's Word to learn how to live by His grace and for His glory.